Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. We have a really special show for our listeners today. We've got in studio, live, his eminence, <laughs> Dr. Pete O'Shea. That's right. Today we're going to talk about what's hot and what's not in radio and a little bit about everything about Jesus. Welcome to the show, his eminence, Dr. Pete O'Shea. Thank you so much, Jim. You sound like Rod Serling with that opening there. Really? Welcome to the zone. I, I was like, yeah. I loved the Twilight Zone. Yeah. That show was awesome. And none of my, none of the girls I ever dated in high school before I met Martha ever really understood that show. And then after I met Martha, she didn't understand it either. Uh, that's not a show the women understand. No, but it, you, you did very good. It sounded just like him. I like <laughs> I, I love the Twilight Zone. And if you could just, they're not on Netflix. Just come to think about it, Twilight Zone is not on Netflix. Wow, they should be. It really should be. Yeah, it should. That's right. Now, Michael, I know you don't have your microphone on yet, but someday we're going to get that turned on because he's sitting there looking. He's already working on the next song with the word miracle in it. Now, since you used your niece last week, I don't know, maybe you'll have to get your nephew to sing you know, a miracle song. Mike and the Mechanics. Mike and the McKinnon. All, right. All right, Pete, listen, we started off our conversation this morning on the Pete O'Shea show and really got deep into all kinds of things. And you were asking all kinds of questions that were fantastic. But before we get back to that, <laughs> this is the time where my listeners today, right here in Tampa Bay, they get to hear you every day at 7 o'clock in the morning until 8.30 in the morning, and then again at 11 o'clock. And your 11 o'clock show is really quite special. You highlight local ministries, local businesses, people that are making an impact on the community. 
Every time I turn a corner and I talk to somebody about WTIS, they say, I say, hey, you know, have you been on the, uh, I ask if they come on my show, oh, I've already been on Pete Show, I've already been on Pete Show, I've already been on Pete Show, I've already been on Pete Show. It's like, it's like ridiculous recording, but that's awesome because you made such a huge impact. But people, you know, you, 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 you've got all these guests on your show. How often do people really get to see who the real Pete O'Shea is? You're like, do you ever get to say hi to your friends on the radio? Not, not really, no. Okay. Would you like to say hi to anybody today? On the I like to say hi to all my friends and family, everybody that loves me that's uh, put up with me all these years. Thank you so much to all of you. Well, that was just sweet. No, I mean it, too. No, I know you do. I'm only semi-housebroken. <laughs> First, people are wondering, are you really a doctor? Dr. Pete O'Shea. I'm a, I'm a love doctor is what I am, actually, Jim. I... Uh... I teach love. You really loved the 70s, didn't you? I did. Well, the 80s more. Well, I don't really remember it, though. I'm, to- I'm told <laughs> okay. I had a very good time. <laughs> That's right. And your pre-Christ life, yes. Okay. All right. I, I got that. My I'm pre-Christ I'm a- life, yes. I'm going to move right on from the love doctor. Okay. <laughs> All right. His eminence, Dr. Pete O'Shea, right here on the I Work For Him show. All right. Listen. You're a, uh, you're a youth pastor. You're a stand-up comedian. You're a radio talk show host. How did God lead you into these things? Wow. Uh, he's always led me into these things, but in really weird circular, circular ways, okay? He always gave me this gift of gab, and I always used it in one form or another. I've never had an actual working job in my whole life. If you feel my hand there, go ahead, feel they're, it. They're like it's, a baby's bottom. Yes, it's ridiculous. Soft. I've never worked a hard day in my actual life. I really haven't. I, I just know how to talk. That's what I had to do. And it was always encouraged by my parents. All right? Now, again, my father was a New York City fireman, so you would think he would want me to follow in his footsteps or at least get a job, right? Just go, you know, <laughs> or get a J-O-B. Get a go get a job but he was the other way on me on that one he always encouraged it so did my mother and my father always used to say to me I betted my father you'll better me and you'll do what you, what God gave you he'll do what the gifts God gave you and all my life everybody knew I could do this so uh, they very much encouraged it my family always encouraged it and so uh, I got out of college right and I got a degree in communications all right and I was going to be the next uh, broadcaster I wanted to be a sportscaster but I couldn't get that job because I couldn't dunk a basketball. I could dunk a cookie, but I couldn't dunk a basketball. So they wouldn't give me the job. You know what I'm saying? So you got a wait a minute. They got all kinds of people on the sidelines that have no physical yeah, exercise now because they have 45 different sh- uh, channels. But I'm talking about this was the 80s. There were three channels back then. There was no <laughs> there was no chance for me to get in. Okay, there was nowhere for me to go. The Wichita Reds offered me a job. I was going to get paid 600 dollars a month. I was going to have to sleep in the hot dog room, I guess. And eat, uh, you know, what would you do with 600 bucks a month? I, I don't know. That's what they offered me. So anyway, uh, I mean, I, I just decided, you know. Uh, I said, Lord, what do you need me to do? At that point, I, I did have the relationship with God. It just wasn't as strong as it was today. I grew up uh, very much. I never, I never went to a public school, never set foot in a public school. And so um, I decided I was going to be a comedian. You know, I, That's what I wanted to be. I, was, I thought it was funny. Uh, a lot of people thought it was funny. Now, here's the funny story. I call my dad up, and I tell him this, right? And I put the phone, Jim, as far away from my head as I could because I figured he's going to scream and yell at me. I just put you through college, and this is what you did to me, blah, blah, blah. He said to me, you know, yeah. Wait, wait, that's just for perspective okay. for the audience. Your parents... Is it Brooklyn they're in? They're, they're, they're in Queens. They're in Queens. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend them. Okay, yeah. all right. So, <laughs> they're, in, so they're in Queens. So, so you got to talk when you're presenting your mom and dad's perspective. Yeah. You have to talk like them. Okay, so here's what he said to me. He said, what are you doing? What are you, no, here's what I, I call him up and I say, hey, dad, I want to be a comedian. And I figured he's really going to let me have it, right? Instead, he said to me, you know what? You had a lot of stupid ideas in your life, but that ain't one of them. This is literally what he said to me. He said, come over to the house today. We'll straighten this out. I get over there. He says, you want to move back in the house? I said, no, I don't want to move back in the house. He said, yeah, I didn't want you back in the house. I just was asking. <laughs> he said, I really didn't want you back. He said, I figured that's what you've heard. He said, I left you something on the table. He was getting dressed to go to uh, uh, a night shift at the fire department. He said, I left you something on the table. Go chase your dream, kid. And he walked out. And it was a check. 
And I lived off that check while I put it, put together a, an act. And, and it was a big check. It was a big check. It was five thousand dollars. Right, a big check, five thousand. All right, but so along the way through that, you know, after your communications degree and you got this check from your dad, Christ, Jesus Christ, impacted your life. Yes, and sent you in a different direction than you ever imagined. Yeah. How, when did that happen? That happened about nine years ago. Okay. Okay. Um, when I was, and it's, I got to track it for you a little bit. When I was 19, I hurt my back. I missed a whole year of college. Okay. And so uh, it was really bad. So by the time I was in my mid 30s with co- uh, comedy, uh, it was really hard to do anymore because my back was really bothering me. And I, I, you need a. Uh, to have a corporate sponsor when you're out on the road, you get, you, you, that's how you survive. That's how you make your living, okay? This way, all the expenses are covered, and you get on TV and radio and such, okay? So, but to do that, you have to get bonded. You have to be insured, okay? So, but I went in to take the physical, which you have to do every three years, and I failed it because of my back. So, the whole thing was over, okay? So, uh, what am I going to do? So, this is where it actually happened, Jimmy. This is the change in my life. I go back to the same back doctor from 17 years ago, and he offers me the same open back surgery. Screws, plates, screw, two feet wide incisions on both sides. He's going to cut me like a fish and put more screws in me than a Home Depot. And he's got a 50-50 chance that's going to work. I say, I got to do it. I got no choice, okay? Because I got I to gotta get my job back. I got to get back on the road, right? I, I was finally headlining. I'm doing TV, cruise ships, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so that night I have a dream, and now God talks to me. It's not a dream. It's a vision, Jim, okay? Okay. You can tell the difference, right? The sound of it was different. It was, the vibrancy was different. How are we doing on time? Are we doing okay? We're fine. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, I'm in control today. I, I, I'm sitting in the wrong chair. This is totally freaking me out. I can't see the clock. I can't say anything from over here. It's trash. <laughs> I just want to push him out of the way and take over the show. I want to just, I can't. From over, all right. So anyhow, in the dream, here's what he said. The surgeon is about to cut me with a big giant knife. And God says to me, don't do it. There's a, there's a chosen one down here there's a, that, that I put to work, a gifted one, that I, I showed him how to do it differently. <laughs> All right, we're talking. We, he was just starting to talk about how Christ impacted his life. He was getting ready to the, right to the cliffhanger, and I cut him off and I had to take a break. So, Pete. Go ahead. All right. So I'm having this. So I told you, I'm going to go get the open back surgery. Okay. Instead, God comes to me in a dream and says, go find this gifted guy and tell him that you're a chosen guy and that you're going to work for him and that he's going to give you the surgeries for free. He does it a different way and tell him failure to assist you will lead to his eternal damnation. And the dream ends. So the next day I'm in New York. I go on the internet and I find him. He's right here. He's in uh, Hudson. He does wow. lasers, laser back surgery with a camera while you're awake. So I set the email and I set it up. I'm going to send the whole thing. Failure to assist me to lead to your tone domination. My wife's standing behind me watching me. Type the email. She goes, you can't send this. He's going to think you're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm with Marie. I'm okay? not quite sure he's going to send either. This is what God told me to do. So I sent it just like that, okay? He sends back to me an email five minutes later. How did you know we were looking for a new spokesperson? We have not listed that job yet. How did you know that? And I said, God told me, boom, 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 boom. Okay, mail me up, mail me down your film. I mail the film to him. He says, okay, I can fix you. I go down there. He does the surgery. And I couldn't barely walk at this point, Jim, all right? And he says, all right, when the surgery's over, I'm still on the table. He says to me, okay, walk here to me. I slammed the table. I was really angry at him. I said, that's not funny, man. You know I can't walk. No, nah, I'm pretty sure you can now. Nah, come on. And I walked right off the table to him. We walked right into the post stop together. Both legs working fine like they nothing was wrong. Right there on the spot, we're doing the thing. We negotiate the job, and he gives me the job. That's how we moved down here. That's when I started working for him. And that was uh, was more than nine years ago now. That was uh, 12 years ago. And then I traveled around the country for him, do, lecturing, telling the story, Pied Piper and people back down here. And we went on these teeny little planes everywhere. And everybody that went with us was scared, you know, to go on the little planes. I would say, no, no, just sit next to me, man. God 
gave me this, and he's not going to take it away from me now and, and kill me on these little Buddy Holly airplanes here. So we're going to be fine, okay? <laughs> the Buddy Holly airplanes. All right, so, you know, and so I did that. And, and then finally, after about uh, six years of that, he came to me one day and he said, Pete, you know, you really did too good of a job. You talked yourself out, out of a job. I was a fringe element when you showed up here. Now everybody knows what I do and the insurance is covered and I really don't need you anymore. I'm not going to do those seminars. He said, I still love you like a son. I'll find something for you to do if you want me to, but I, I don't really have a job for you anymore. So where did Jesus come into that? He's, it was because God told me to go do this. And okay. all throughout the time, the prayers really got intensified. To go on that table, to take that radical surgery, to get lasers and all that kind of stuff and not knowing whether it was going to work. I had rosary beads in my hand. I was praying through the whole thing, and God was with me the whole time. Jesus was in that operating room. I seen him there, okay? I seen his face. Four-hour surgery. I'm screaming my head off because no anesthetic, okay? Jesus was there. And all throughout the other ones, I'm holding people's hand, getting them through it, telling the story over and over again, reliving it, okay? That's where he was with me, okay? And then as I'm doing that, towards the end of that, that's when I started getting into youth ministry, all right? Uh, By accident, because we wanted to just help. We we wanted to give back. I started having, you know, a turn of fortune in a good way. Okay, so we started making meals for the youth group. And then they fell in love with us, and we fell in love with them. The pastor asked me to do it. We said, okay. And uh, that's been seven years now, and that's started into some talking that started into doing some other stuff and then i met uh, deborah and uh, here i am now and it's all it's all his will all right now this is a this is a show about christians in the workplace and a lot of people don't think of pastors as workers you know they, they don't realize that you as a youth pastor you've got to not only do you have to you got to run a budget you got to entertain kids you got to challenge the kids and you got to manage the parents because yeah. they're actually the worst part about youth ministry uh-huh. which part of those do you find the most challenging oh definitely the parents without a doubt the kids are engaged into it the kids want it right and i come with a lesson each week i write my lesson that's the easy part okay managing the budget it's not easy. It keeps getting tightened. They give you 50 bucks every month. What do you do with it all? Well, you tighten it. You figure it out. You make it work. Okay. Yeah. You, 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 you ask for help. You, 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 you beg a little bit. You get, you get good at crying. Okay. Right. <laughs> you get really good. Look, can you please just help me get the kids? All right. It's the parents that drive me nuts. You're absolutely right. They're so disengaged and they, you know, they don't, they don't even want to come to church themselves. You would think this would be the impetus to get them back to the Lord, but it isn't. And you're chasing them down the driveway at the end. Of the, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. We've got an event coming up. I need you there and I want you to help. And, I can get all the kids to come and be part of it every week. I can't get them to show up, though, if their parents won't drive them there. Right. And that's the most frustrating part of it. All sure. right. So, but you also have a stand-up comedy routine that you do. I can't remember what you called it because I know you've changed recently. What do you, what, you do stand-up it, it, comedy? Yeah, we have a Christian comedy troupe that we go out there and do shows at, at churches as fundraisers to uh, raise awareness and funds and evangelize. It's a very subtle evangelization tool because my new act now, I, I can't do the act I used to do in the nightclubs for 20 years, all right? Not no, that, that was, would be inappropriate. But it's not, it was never dirty. I never said the big, the bad, big bad words, but I talked about adult subjects, okay? Things that wouldn't fly now with a church full of kids and in, in the Lord's house, okay? It just wouldn't fly, all right? So now my act, as you well know, you've seen, is really stories of what's happened to me in ministry, the things that have actually happened that are true but are really funny. Jesus is a much better joke writer than I ever was. And so now we're able to very subtly evangelize and raise funds and awareness. We've done about 40 shows so far. So when you do a out. show, though, you commit like 50% of the proceeds to yeah, the missions? to the missions, yeah. <clears throat> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, 50% of the proceeds go to the missions each time. And then, you know... Uh, uh, they're able to go on mission trips. They're able to put a roof on. We just did one for St. Matthias Lutheran. They were putting a new roof on the church. Uh, we got one coming up here on July the 18th at Praise Cathedral in Pinellas Park. They're going to send their kids on a mission trip in August. They need to raise the money for it. And then uh, uh, Tom Toy with Missions uh, 413, they're going to Haiti, and they need the money. So in August, we're doing one for them. So again, we're able to help these people to help the ones who really need it. Yeah, you know, when I went and saw you uh, at, uh, I can't remember what... Uh 
Was Abundant Life <clears throat> Ministry you came to? Yeah, Abundant Life. That's right. That's right. And, and your one joke has, has stayed in my mind forever. You, you lay on top of this box and you say, hey, what am I? Blimp. No, I do what I actually do is well, I, 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 I lay on top of it and I sit there and then I do Welcome to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. But that doesn't work anymore because you've lost like sixty pounds. Yeah, it still works though. It you, does? Yeah, you can still make it work. Yeah, okay. I can accentuate the belly when I need to. Okay. Oh, all right. What's, okay. What little is left of the belly I can use I can utilize when I need to. All right, so let's give our audience before we get to the you know bottom of the half hour, let's give our audience something to really chew on. We started okay. this morning a conversation on well, we we're all over the place, but we started a conversation on well, I wasn't all over the place. You couldn't keep up. It was the problem. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard to keep up with you on your show, but you seem to be struggling on my show. So I'm struggling. How much? Mikey, am I struggling over here? I'm yeah. answering his questions. <laughs> <laughs> You're really struggling being in the secondary. I don't microphone. like being in the seat over there. This uh, is for sure. Right. Gonna, I got to. All right. So we talked about calling, but really one of the things we got onto this morning was why are the churches missing the boat with equipping Christ followers for the workplace? That seemed to really fire you up. W- yeah. W- what are they missing? Well, Here's what they're missing. Okay? You work in a church. Oh, I work in a church. They have put walls up around, and they don't want to look outside of what's going on. All right? And pastors, in particular, are worried about finances. They have no choice but to be, to keep the lights on, to keep everything moving, to keep their own salary, to keep their employees' salary. I'll always say that they'll put themselves less, because I do believe that. But they have employees. They have lights. They have all this stuff. So they don't want anybody from their group outside of the walls. So they're putting these walls up. Now, by putting the walls up, they're not seeing what's going on. On. They're really not. All right. Therefore, they don't see what's going on in the community. They're no. not familiar with what's going on right around them. No. They've got blinders on because yeah. they're 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 only dealing with the people that come through their doors. They never walk outside to see the people outside the doors. That's what you mean. That's right? what I'm trying to okay. say. Yeah. All right. And because of that, they, they don't see what's actually happening. They're, and our economy is so volatile; it's so up and down, and we don't know what's going to happen from week to week. They're, we're all a couple of paychecks away, a couple of a banana peel away from 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 disaster, and, and they're not really equipping us to understand the differences of what what we need to do, how we make it happen. Are you guys mocking me on the conference? No, we're not. We're not mocking. I just totally forgot to do my Karis Christian books and gifts oh, okay. book segment. Uh, okay. And, and Mike wasn't, you know, didn't, you know, tell me I should do that. All right. So what, we're in the middle of this conversation. I need to get. I need to do this Karis Christian books and gifts segment because I'll be in trouble if I want. As we do You're every week. You're not going to get any dinner if you don't. That's do right. It. As we do every week, we highlight a book that will help you gain perspective on incorporating Christ into your workplace. This section is sponsored by Karis Christian books and gifts. Our book today is written by Kyle Eidelman, and I read this right on vacation a couple weeks ago. The name of the book is Aha. We've all had an aha, aha moment in our lives, times when a sudden revelation surprises us with insight. According to pastor and best-selling author Kyle Eidelman, we can experience the same kind of aha in our spiritual lives. With everyday examples and trademark testimonies, Eidelman draws on Scripture to reveal how three key elements draw us closer to God and change our lives for good. This was a book that I sat down and read in a couple of hours. It was a fantastic read. I totally recommend it for everyone. Listen, you need to call into our studio line, 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. And remember, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Read the All right, Pete, going back to the churches, you know, one of the things that we're really struggling with is that, you know, you want churches to work together. You want ministries to work together. And 
How do we accomplish that? I mean, you and me as radio talk show hosts, how can we somehow break down these doors and recognize that Church A has skills that Church B does not, and Church B has gifts, talents, and abilities that Church A does not, and recognizing that working together is a good thing? Here's how we do it. Exactly how I do it every day and how you do it every day. You put them in a room, okay? So I invite different pastors of different denominations to the show on purpose. Now, sometimes i got a fire extinguisher on hand just in case because you don't know what's going to happen, but before <laughs> you know it, as they're talking to each other, they see that we all have the one thing in common, which is Jesus Christ. Then they say, oh, wait a second, we have more in common. Scripturally, we're real close. This way, we're real close. Wow, before you know it, now you've got common ground. Now, anything can happen from there. All right, we've been talking the last 30 minutes with His Eminence, Dr. Pete O'Shea, <laughs> right here from Inspiration AM 1110 WTIS. Pete's got two shows. He's got the Morning Inspiration Show from 7 o'clock in the morning till 8.30, and then he's got his own show where he reaches out all over the community to ministries and people who are making an impact called The Pete O'Shea Show. Very interesting title. Pete, where did you come up with that name? Actually, Deborah Ray Roseman came up with that title. Wow. You know, she she's said, hey, what's your name? Yeah, that's pretty cool. She wouldn't let me name this show after me. She said, Jim Brangenberg show is just weird. <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, you've been my mentor. You've been my encourager here as I've gone the I Work For Him show the last 16 weeks, 16 months. It seems like weeks, right? Okay. In fact, you're the one who said, I had the perfect face for radio. Yes, you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because I also do, so I knew this. Yeah, that's right. So you recognize the perfect I recognize it in myself, right. yes. Do you have any, were you surprised I've made it this long? No, not at all. I knew you would. I told you that right from the beginning. I knew this show would work. I knew it. And if you're passionate about it, you believe in it, okay, and it's in your heart, then you can make it work. And that's really what it comes down to. Because see, in television, right, this is why I, I kid about the face for, for, for radio, but in television, there's a million distractions. There's the, there's the graphics, what the person's wearing, what the other person's doing, everybody. Okay, here, it's just the voice. So if your passion comes ringing through that they can hear it, yeah, then they're going to resonate to it, and that's what's happening here. You don't have any desire to get video cameras in here so we could actually do web shows? At some I, if that's what we want to do, I'll do it, of course, but that means I have to wear long pants, and I'm really not No, why? That. That why does that mean? Rush Limbaugh had a ponytail for the first 10 years he was on his webcam. I so. have to shave every day? Why? I don't, do I have to, Mike? No, no. Mike's like, no. Nah, right. Mike, if Mike has to shave, then we're all yeah, in trouble. Yeah, then we're in big trouble, yeah. Mike. And comb his hair. Oh, comb his hair, forget he's about it. He's got to comb his hair there's and some, shave. There's some people hiding he's in his hair. He's got his USA soccer team yeah, shirt on. I, I asked him if he's a bandwagoner, and of course, he won't pick up the microphone, so he can't defend himself. He said he's been wearing that shirt for a month and a half. Straight, without washing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I smelled something funny yeah. when I came in. Okay, listen. We've got some exciting things going on for the I Work For Him show. Are you aware of this? I am aware of it. I'm very excited for you. This is really cool. Uh, you know, Tuesday now, you start next week, and then on July 3rd, you start uh, Thursday, and then eventually we're going to get you on all five days. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it is exciting. We have, we have My wife, Martha, and I uh, met with uh, uh, Deborah Roseman on the uh, 23rd of May, and she said, Jim, it's time to make the decision. Are you going to do it or not? Like, okay, we're going to go on vacation and pray about this. We came back from vacation, and literally 9 o'clock the next morning, Deborah goes, well, what'd you decide? Uh (laughs) So, and I went to Martha. I said, well, we decided this, right? And so, yes, we said, listen, as God opens up the doors, yes, we will take the drive time as it opens up. So we start up uh, next week. We got two shows, Monday and Tuesday. The following week. I think it's the following week. Let's yeah. see the three. The following week, we got three shows, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And then sometime before the end of the year, we'll end up with the rest of the days. But we are going, uh, and we're going to change the format a little bit. We're going to change the format. We're going to have more time for call-ins. In fact, call-ins, we still have the book available from our Karis Christian Books and Gifts segment. You need to call into the studio if you want to get a copy of Kyle Eidelman's book, 
Aha! 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 Call into the studio, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. All right, so, uh, so we're going to do some more call-ins. We're going to have some deeper discussions. Where we're just going to focus on a single topic, and we're going to break it out, and, and we're going to add in Martha, my wife, some, some days when we can a- actually get some banter going back and forth between the two of us, and maybe we'll even let you come back. I would love that. Yeah, he gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning like he really wants to still be in the studio at 6. My pleasure, though, to be here with you, but of course. I, I know you would do it for me. Of course I would. Absolutely. There's well, nothing I wouldn't do for you. So that's something, listeners, you need to listen to Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays by July the 3rd at the I Work For Him show at 5 o'clock following Dave Ramsey. All right, listen, you've been on the radio for... It's over two years now, right? Yeah, it's, uh, two, about two and a half. Two and a half years. It's a grueling process. you got multiple shows, show prep, guests, on-location events. What got you started in radio? Here or overall? I mean, like, I just, I love it, okay? I love being able to minister to the people. These, these airwaves, it's like the Holy Spirit, brother, okay? When, when we emanate the airwaves out of this tower, it's just like the Holy Spirit, okay? And it really is, because think about it, okay? There are half a billion radio stations in the world, half a billion of them. Overall, in really, radio. yes, five hundred million radio stations. All right, now we can't see them. You can't see those radio waves, right? But when you're in a room, they're in there. Any room you're in, there are radio waves bouncing off your head at all times. I thought I felt something the other day. Yeah, that's what it was, brother. Okay, now how do we know that they're there? If we have a radio, we use the tuner and we're able to get them. Oh, wait a minute, they are there. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit, and for Him, the tuner is your heart. So we get the chance to do this, okay? This is a beautiful thing to be able to minister on these airwaves. Uh, Deborah and Jody and Tommy and Mike and everybody here, we're all in for this. This is our heart. This is our love. We do this as a passion, as a ministry. And from that, we're seeing the reaction. People are loving it. Like you said, I'm the guy out at all the events. We're out there. We're seeing it. people coming to us saying, you're giving us hope. You're making us feel better. You're giving us inspiration. That's in short supply these days. If we're able to give that to people, man, that's a phenomenal thing to get to do. That is fantastic. Yeah, I got to do one on location event at one of my sponsors, Chick-fil-A and Seminole, and that was a lot of fun. We did a two-hour show. Uh, it, it was great. We talked about uh, ways uh, to avoid inappropriate workplace relationships. Mm, okay, that's it, good. It was, a good dis- it was a good discussion. I'm not sure it was a great dinner discussion, but it was a good discussion. But, you know, and we also, but now with the I Work For Him show going to multiple days, we're looking for some more show advertisers because that's how we support the I Work For Him radio program. And we got Lynn from WTIS is going to be reaching out to you. You're that Christian business owner around Tampa Bay to be a sponsor right here on the show. And, and I want to speak directly to that myself for a second, to all business owners, Christian, you know, that, that believe in this community, that believe in all of us being one body, Christ working together. It's like in the old-fashioned days, Jimmy. You had those big, giant wooden boats, right, a thousand have to paddle together. That's what we are right now. We got to turn the ship around in the process. So we got to be all in together. All right. We are trying to galvanize in this community, bring everybody together. WTS, we're on a mission here to bring all denominations, all race, all creeds, all everybody together and work as one. All right. Galvanize. Two things happen when you do that, brother. You meld it together, but you also purify it at the same time. And you eliminate rust. There you go. So we want uh, the, the, the business owners to come and join us on this quest. Let's do this together. Let's work on turning this. This is a utopia we live in. It's gorgeous. All right, but there are problems. We can fix these problems if we work together. I agree. That was good. Mike, you got all that recorded, right? Because we need to write that down. That was that was good marketing material right there. It's, right. it's from my heart, brother. You know, it really I, is. We got to work on this together. I agree. I agree. Now, listen, you've had all these shows two and a half years. What's been the, as you know, your morning show, your Pete O'Shea show, that one with that really original name, what has been the funniest show you've done? 
Oh, wow. The funniest show we've ever done? I, I don't think that's possible to equate that because every day you never know what's going to happen. There's always going to... I hope every day there's something funny. I've been a comic all my life. If I can't do something funny every day, man, then you got to get me out of the chair. You know? But we, we've had a lot of fun here. We've had a lot of great guests. We've had a, a blast. You know, We had Earl Christie in here the other day, the Super Bowl champ from the... From the uh, 1969. Yeah. He I, played right alongside Joe Namath. And I asked him about the Heidi game. He's the guy that fumbled the ball. Really? He's the guy that fumbled the ball, okay? And he admitted that on the radio four He said, not only did he admit it, he said, thanks to me, there will never be a, a football game ever interrupted by network television again. So you have me to thank for that. You know, <laughs> and it was just great. I got to wear his ring, you know, and it was really cool. And I, then Dr. Lenhart was on also, so I thanked her. And she goes, what are you thanking me for? I said, 68 pounds ago, I couldn't have fit the ring on my finger, so you got me down in the weight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, you know, I, I got to tell you, your Friday morning show, and I'm sorry, I'm just biased, but Katie Neal oh, and Melissa so. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of fun with Katie and Melissa. No doubt. There was one show where you guys did more laughing than you did talking, and there was something to do with I don't know somebody burped or somebody. I mean, was it when they ate the Cheerios? Was it that one? It might have been. Oh, the Cheerios that were stuck to the law papers. Yeah, or, no, they were stuck in the uh, baby seat in her car, and she ate, she ate them on the, uh, on the it, way to the deposition. Was, um, those are the two funniest lawyers I've ever met. In my no life. doubt about that. I mean, there was a show with you on too. That was a Friday. We had a really good time, and there was a couple others. I mean, just when people come in and we're having a blast, and you just really let loose, uh, we can again share the spirit. We can share the love of Christ, but have a good time doing it, and that's what makes this job fun. That's what makes it, and that's what people are resonating to, because I'm hearing it from a lot of folks, too. I actually had, and this is interesting, about six months ago, I got a Facebook message from somebody from North Carolina who I didn't know, and they said, uh, you made me laugh, and then you said Jesus in the same sentence, and she said, I was really contemplating suicide, and I stopped, and I thought about life, and I thought about life could always be fun, and Jesus could always be there, because you laughed, you made me laugh, and you said Jesus in the same sentence. I, you know, I don't know why people think, I know what it is, it's the church's fault, but I don't know why people think that Jesus didn't absolutely laugh all the time. I mean, look at the people he hung out with. Those disciples, they were fishermen. He had a tax collector. I mean, those guys, just picture, and, and I say this all the time just to get people to have an image. Those guys were a rustic, um, they were a rough crew. Yeah, they were. They were a rough crew. They were not the refined of, of he didn't society. He did go get the 12 best guys. He no. got the 12 guys he knew could connect, that he could put together and weave them into a fabric. And the 12 guys that would be that would follow what he asked them to do. I mean, he discipled them for all that time. Exactly. But, I mean, they cross the Jordan River all the time, which I'm told is a muddy, muddy river. I mean, just picture it. As they're crossing the river, Peter, who was always putting his foot in his mouth, grabs a little bit of mud and get ready to throw it at his brother Andrew. And he misses Andrew, and he smacks Jesus in the back of the head with a mud ball. And Jesus turns around and goes, he knows who did it. And, <laughs> and they start a mud fight. You don't think Jesus did stuff like that? Sure they did. I, I mean, Jesus was a riot. Where do we all get our sense of humor? All right, let's, we got to take a break, Pete. Well, this is great. But when we come back, I want to talk about the Christian business people that you deal with all the time. That's right, <laughs> Pete. We've been talking about all kinds of stuff. But I wanted to ask you this question, because this is something that is at the heart of, of my passion. You know, we deal with Christian business people all the time. Both of us do. You sure. get advertisers. You get them on your show all the time. I bring them on the show. I mentor all the time. I'm, in, I'm doing business with them as part of Platinum. You know, what is it they need from us as radio talk show hosts in order to be challenged to bring their faith alive at work? What do you see? A couple of things. We've got to encourage them for stars, but then we got to call them out. we got to be willing to stand there and say, okay, look, you know, you can do more. You're better than that. You can be more. You can be more like Christ-like and still not only make it happen, but you can do better. You have to show them that being Christ-like as a business person is actually an advantage, not a disadvantage. People sometimes 
see it as a disadvantage. Oh, now I'm going to be uh, you know too kind and I'm going to be too loving. I'm going to be weak because of that. No, it actually allows you to use integrity. It actually uses discipline. All the other things that he taught us that can actually make your business run better and run smoother. And people will look at you're only who you are. Your integrity is everything. If your integrity is coming through Christ, you can't lose. Well, why is it that people think that if I bring my faith to work, if I start, if I let Jesus, who's impacted my life, if I let him impact my workplace, all of a sudden I can't make money. They believe that people will see them as weak that way. And there's a lot of other people who don't believe at all, and so they're not, oh, now we've turned those people off. Okay? Well, and that's, and that's one of the great oxymorons of God, because God is the God of the underdog. Correct. He loves to thrive in our weakness, because in our weakness, he is strong. Because when we step aside and we let ourselves get out of the way... God can show himself in a miraculous way. Have you ever seen that happen in your own life? Oh, I've seen it every day happen in my life. I've seen it with the kids I work with who uh, two years ago were totally floundering and heading towards the wrong directions and now are doing terrific, okay? Just because we kept a steady hand and we kept scripture in their lives, we kept prayer going on a regular basis with them and for them, okay? And it's the same thing in business. We need to pray in the workplace more often. We need to talk about scripture in the workplace. Why not have a company Bible study? Why not have a prayer hour at five o'clock when work is done? Why not? There's nothing to lose from it, everything to gain. And you're not weak. You're not, all right, and you, are you going to turn a couple of people off? Yeah, but for every person you turn off, you're going to get five more people into what you're doing. Well, and it's all about challenge. And in fact, we still have our copy of the book by Kyle Eidelman, Aha! Aha! All right, so call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. And get a copy of this book, because it will start to have you look at those moments where you realize, oh my, God is working in the background in my life. It, what's amazing is when we step out of the way, God can do incredible, incredible things. What we lose track of, Jim, is our business is about competition, and everybody gets stressed out, and everybody deals with stress in different ways. God is joy. It's absolute joy to be in his presence, to have him know that he's got you firmly in the palm of his hand. At that point, everything you're doing becomes easier to do. And the rewards become all the greater. The hard parts are easier to deal with, and the rewards are all the greater. People got to get a grip of that. Well, and I think part of it is that Christian business people still think that it's all up to them to make the money they need to make. And they think, well, I've got to do this, this, and this. I got to do this, this, and this. And as long as I do that, then maybe I'll make the money I need to make, and I'll make a profit, blah, blah, blah. When they realize that when you put your life in Christ's hands, he becomes your provider. He expects you still to be honest and operate a business with integrity, but he's the one that works the miracle deals. He's the one that changes the paradigm of how you it shifts the paradigm of how you do business so that the profits not only will they be exponential but you get a chance to give them away and invest in other people it's it's incredible what's wrong though joe what the problem is for all good christians and all of us right now is this is the worst spiritual warfare the world has ever known we're attack. We're under attack at all times, okay? The kids especially have a far worse than we did. We didn't have to deal with reality television. I got to do a lecture every month with youth group, Jesus Good, Snooky Bad, okay? Because they get into these things, the Bad Girls Club and all these other horrible shows, and now that becomes the warped sense of what's real, all right? So we all live with one foot in the spirit, one foot in the real world, but the real world comes at you. Okay? It's not. Okay? It's not that. You've got to understand God's still in control. We lose track of that sometimes. We really, really do. <laughs> yeah, it's hard It's hard not to lose track of that when you look at the state of our economy, the state of our nation, who's really turned, our nation has turned its back look at on the, God. Look at the internet. Look at, look, again, look what's going on. We can't pray at the White House. We can't have a prayer breakfast at the White House. We, had that, we couldn't have one. 
We had a holiday tree, not a Christmas tree. Come on now. <laughs> Anybody wishes me happy holidays, it about sends me through the roof. All right. So if you could say one thing to Christian business people that are listening today as an encouragement, a word of encouragement, what would it be? Jesus' love and mercy is absolutely infinite, and he is there in your life. He is the center of your life. He is the center of every part of your life. And once you understand that, once, as we said this morning on my show, if you truly know him, if you truly know him with all your God, you got you. Your life changes instantly and forever in a way you cannot comprehend. If he's impacted your life, your life will never be the same. Never. My life was impacted by Christ on July the 13th, 1979, which, by the way, was a Friday the 13th, and my life has never been the same. Right. You never, you don't look at things differently, okay? It, it, there's a million shades of gray if you want it, okay? If you want that, if that's what you want, to look at how bad the world is and how this is and how that is, or you can line yourself up with Christ and say, he's got this. And when Satan comes, we won't even say what he does. We know what he does. We're not going to give him any power. The only power he has is the power we give him. So you simply say, get thee behind me. I got Jesus in my heart. And you are good. You're good. You're covered. You're covered by his blood. You're covered by His what he did for us. And there are all kinds of organizations, places that people can go as Christian business owners and in Christian employees to get mentored, discipled into how to bring Christ into the workplace. And, and, yes, absolutely. And, and, and if you want a list of those, I've got them. I've got them. Just send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork, the number four him.com. We still got the book, Michael? All right. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929 to get that book. Maybe everybody's just stuck in rainy traffic today. Maybe that's what it is. All right, your last thing. How do people go out and see you on your comedy tour? When's the next event you have coming up? The next event is going to be Friday, July the 18th at Praise Cathedral in Pinellas Park. We'll be doing a show there for them to put on, uh, for them to go on a mission trip. The youth group is going on a mission trip, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Where are they going? Uh, they're going to, uh, they're going to, where are they going now? I have no idea. Uh, no, they told me where they're going. They're going to a very rural part of Alabama, and they're going to help some families that were recently displaced. And so they're going to help them out, and we're going to help them do that. Uh, Tina Levine from Synergizing Samaritan Sisters here on WTIS is also going to be one of the comics that night, Brian Reith and Johnny Roberts and myself. All right, so when are you going to have another on-location show here for your, your Pete O'Shea show? They're working on a whole bunch of them right now that we're going to be doing. We're going out to Canine Estates pretty soon, which is a great organization that does animal rescue here in town. We're going to do one at the Crab Shack coming up real soon. We don't have any firm dates on those yet, but we're going to be, the idea in the next couple of weeks is for us to be out there at least once a week or more uh, with remotes. It's a lot of work doing remotes. Yeah, but it's fun, though. We get to be out with It is fun. It is fun. But boy, Listen, at the Pie Factory, they were coming up taking pictures with us and I'm like, hey, it's the Pete O'Shea. We know that way. It's the show. And then they're hanging out. Did they give you any pie? Yeah. Did you eat any pie? I ate a lot of pie. Dr. Tracy Lenhardt, are you listening? Pete ate pie. I gave it up. I had banana cream. I had a little of this, a little of that. It was good. Chocolate thunder. Whoa. All right. And here here, here you go. I got to start winding the show down. Pete, here's something that you and Marie need to focus on for February 5th through the 9th of 2015. Listen, you want to invest in your marriage? This is a great place martha and i are doing this we're taking along a whole bunch of couples pete i would love to have you you could be my stand-up entertainment that'd be awesome look at if you're looking for a way to invest in your marriage and we've already got 10 couples signed up for this get away as a couple ever been on a marriage retreat on a cruise ship i doubt it can you imagine five days without cell phones five days without children five days without cooking a single meal investment in your marriage can last a lifetime and create a legacy that carries on to your children, your grandchildren, you know, who knows, your neighbors, your friends, your aunts, and your uncles. I urge you to email and call me about the second annual Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage, sponsored by I Work For Him. That's February 5th through the 9th. 
2015. It's only six months away, a little bit more. The Days at Sea will focus on biblically-based instruction and conversations with other couples who also want to invest in their marriages. We've got to limit it to 20 couples, so we keep it small. We're going to cruise the Caribbean and work on your marriage. This is brought to you by the ministry of I Work For Him. That's just give me an email. Send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork, the number four, him.com. That's right. You need to go. I'm trying to get as many people signed up that I know because it is something I'd love to be able to do those every month. I know that's a little selfish, but it'd be kind of fun <laughs> to do a cruise retreat for every month. All right, next week on the I Work For Him show on Monday, we'll be getting a little personal. I'll be sharing from my heart to your heart the vision of I Work For Him and taking a few phone calls as we talk about how Christ has made an impact on my life and how he can make an impact on your life. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.